You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. Welcome to the Wild 7 Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Red. Joining me is a dear friend, somebody I have known for 12 plus years or 13 years, 13 years, Mr. Rick Moonbeam Darge. Hello, Nas. Hello, welcome. This is the. Thank you. This is your fourth time here. Is it the fourth? Yeah, 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 yeah. And first um, time I came on, I think it was a while. Oh, it plays again. Music still going. It, it just keeps going. Did it it's, loop? Does it go to, it hits a loop? Point? Well, y- you know what's really exciting? Well, no, it, it, it does like the full song. And then usually when I'm doing the show, like, we'll play it. And then I get annoyed. I'm like, ah, shut up. And then yeah. I just turn it off. Right. But this is the mixer in action that I was telling you about. Yeah, I, it's funny because I was talking to you about how I came across an old photograph from the first time I did your podcast. Yeah. And it was in your in your home, in your bedroom. Yeah. yeah. And you were mixing into a, like a little it was like a shoebox it was like yeah it was like a mixer that you could get from like best buy for like 80 bucks yeah, or something i think it was a something i don't know you're literally like in a mothership <laughs> you're sponsored by red bull <laughs> yeah hey well not officially yet but hey red bull call me motherfucker yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna sponsor you motherfucker. Yeah, yeah um listen rick you blew my mind today i did um this is a very special show. But first of all, let me just show you, before we jump into that, I can show you little cool things about this so, thing. So, did you talk about this thing on your podcast, what you're working with here? Well, this is, I call it the podcast machine. Is, I, I feel like I'm in the Millennium Falcon. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, okay. Shout you, out to Star Wars. Anyone see that movie? I love Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, do you want to hear Roger Ebert say the meaning of life? Um, that was going to be bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's about acquiring Pokemon. It's about acquiring Pokemon. My point being, you could just put cool sounds into this yeah. thing. What else? Let's go through some sounds. Okay, okay, okay. This is, I have one where it's like Tupac talking about, here, right? Don't, don't support the phonies. Support the real. Okay, but that's like all serious. All right, I like that. Yeah, but there's, uh, there's some stuff that I can really get in. Like, this is, wow. I was practicing Spanish. And guau means wow in that's Spanish. You? That's wow. me. That's so you me. could do a whole podcast, pre-record your voice, and have an interview with yourself. Right. Yeah. You could, like, like this is this is Ashley. You are my enemy. You are no friend of mine, motherfucker. <laughs> Damn, Ashley. What did I do to you? <laughs> right, right, right. That's from Simpin, of course. Oh, you yeah. know, like, yeah, but it's, like, nuts. Like, you could do, like, it really upped our game. Like, we, we made, like, music and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, this is a, this is an Iranian man talking. I don't, maybe... It, um, no, I have ra- rabbit. Okay, let's stop. Yeah. Okay. After all looking, okay. Yes. No I can looking. laugh at it because I'm yes. Persian. <laughs> <laughs> Rick yeah, is I like, don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, Rick is frozen. I'm looking He's around. Like, <laughs> like, what do I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything I say will be recorded in <laughs> yeah. history forever. Yeah, Rick, I love you, man. How you been? You, I've been good. Thanks, Nas. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm excited. I. Uh, I'm switching over in a podcast brain right now, but I'm yeah. doing good. You know, it's good to see you. I, Nas and I, we connected a week ago. Yeah. And uh, now I, I was like, have you heard of this guy, Neil Breen? You, you've heard of him, right? Right. He's a filmmaker. Well, okay. So t- we got to bring the, the listener up to speed 
and periodically I will look at this to make sure because we don't have any interns here today, so I'm I'm, I'm floundering yeah, a little bit. No, but you're doing great. Yeah, okay, thank you. Waveforms so. look really good. Everything <laughs> looks yeah. nice and peak. And if you notice, levels like levels are good. X skulls or something. Just, yeah, I just can't. I know. gotta talk directly into the mic. If I'm moving, <laughs> right. I just noticed that, dude. You know what? You could just be like, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's nuts, right? Like we have these crazy microphones. Those old microphones were so shit. What are we doing here? Nothing. We're in these meat <laughs> right. suits talking into these microphones. I can hear my voice and your voice. That's the thing, and it's Rick. it's being recorded and it's being cemented into time forever. Rick, you brought up an excellent point because that goes into what we viewed today. Yes. You blew my mind, man. And now here's the thing. I will, I will bring the listener in and we can sort of like discuss, you know. Yeah. I got turned on to it because a mutual friend of ours who was my director of photography on my film, Debbie and the Devil, and Rick himself is a filmmaker who made an amazing film called Zendog. Yeah, Zendog, the Lucas Patassi story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, shout out Lucas. What's up, homie? What's up? Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so Lucas shared a trailer yeah. for a film. It was either, I don't remember... Which of which one it was, but it was either Fateful Findings or the one where this Neil Breen character, who we'll get into, has a twin. Um, yeah, Neil Breen, uh, Fateful Findings, the thing that we just watched, that's his fourth film. Okay. So I think there is one with a twin. Okay. You know, I, I haven't gotten through his full catalog, mainly because, like, I don't want to. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> you know, um, Fateful Findings holds a special place in my heart. There used to be a movie theater in uh, Mid-City, of LA called, um, well, it's still there. It's a silent movie theater that was run by this company called Cine Family. And I thought I was wearing a Cine Family shirt. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they got shut down because of Me Too. Uh, yeah. The guy was a scumbag that was running it. And then the whole theater went down with it. Prior to that, I got invited to a screening there for Fateful Findings. And it was packed audience, sold out show. And it was the funniest movie I ever watched because yeah. it was so bad but good at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Very much like the movie The Room. Um, better than Birdemic, you know? Right. Uh, but around the level of the room, kind of good uh, and bad at the same time. And Neil Breen was in the audience, and he watched the whole movie with a whole pack full, you know, audience was hysterically laughing. Yeah. He did a Q&A, and he's the most earnest man yeah. that I've ever seen. Like, it's, um, yeah, it's weird. And you mentioned something, because, okay, so my exposure was I saw that trailer, and I didn't believe that it was real. I thought it was a goofy adult swim thing, yeah. right? So I saw two other trailers of the dude and I was very confused. And then when we hung out last week, I brought it up to you. And then you were like, it was almost like we, Rick and I, so the listener, listener knows, we bonded over the room when we first met. Yeah, we Like did. that was a big thing with us. Like, and that was like pre-room madness. Right, you know? right. And I'm not going to pump you for any Tommy Wiseau no, no, stories. That, that's a, that's, that's another, a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. This is about brain. Brain. Brain, <laughs> brain brings it because brain is the most prolific director. Between, 20, between 2005 and 2018, he made five feature films that he financed all by himself. Yeah, that's he, insane. He prides himself on not getting anyone to work for free. So the ex-porn stars that are in Faithful Findings <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> got paid. I don't know if they are, but they look... You know, everyone did a great job. They were working with what they got. <laughs> Either Neil Breen is the... I love you, Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, Have you ever spoken to him? I've like, never spoken to him. Um, you know, I, I'm i good. I, I can be a, you know, a, an observer. Right, right, right. I can right. appreciate his yeah. work. Uh, can you, Nas, can you describe... Um, 
And you should tell the listeners, if you want to know what we're talking about, so you're on our level, yeah. you should probably just really quickly pause the podcast and search for Fateful Findings trailer. Yeah. Just so you get a sense of like what this world is. Exactly. Because there's certain levels of shit, right? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Like you got your Ed Woods and then you got your Tommy Wiseau. And then, and then you, you got your cats. Yeah. And then you got your cats and then you have your Zach Braff and then you have, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, Zach. I'm sorry, man. Hey, dude, yeah. I, I had lunch with Zach Braff. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, like a month ago. Oh, listen. He's like the nicest guy. Listen, listen. Can we edit that part out? For sure. No, I'm joking. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Listen. I've, I've never met Zach. Oh, Braff. really? I, I panicked because every time I'm in a bitchy mood, I, I pick on Zach You gotta Braff. be careful. You don't know if Zach is around the corner. Right. Well, Zach, I'm sorry, bro. I gotta entertain in my own way. We're all just trying, you know? Yeah. Trying to make it. But, but you know what? He seems like a nice guy. Whatever. You know? But anyway, back to... Yeah. Okay. Look up. <laughs> Faithful Findings trailer, levels of shit. Yeah, it's the, it, you'll you'll get a sense of what it is. I think there's something. What is it about for you watching a bad movie that gives you joy? I want to know. Like, what is it? You mentioned something while we were watching it, and you mentioned it just right. It's the earnestness. If if somebody is very very sincere, I find that hyper fascinating. Mm -hmm. Hyper fascinating. Like. The room, not to get into that, because of it, it's it's him exposing his his weird soul and and his his hurt over like an old relationship yeah. or something. That's fascinating. Yeah. And then this Neil guy is, I, I I'm still because I'm I'm what like twenty minutes fresh off of seeing it. Yeah, I'm still reeling. Finished. Yeah. He goes into a whole thing of like spiritual kind of thing. But in answer to your question, going back to your question. It's sincerity, and then also like if it, if if somebody knows that they're making something bad or they're kind of purposefully doing something schlocky, it's give or take if I can respond to it or not. You know what I right. mean? But when it's this real, like this was real, man. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. He's not phony. No, I think you go through a thing because so much of like comedy, I think, because of guys like Tim and Eric, they've made like the bad good yeah. with like their shows and just, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And yeah. So I think when you first watch a Neil Breen movie, you are kind of cynical because you're like, oh, this is just a marketing camp, you know, company. Right. Responsible for making these choices. Like, exactly. But then you see, and the cool thing about a feature is like when you get 45, 50 minutes into it, you're like, oh, this is for real. You know, yeah. how dare me? <laughs> uh, think that it wasn't i'm a piece of shit and what happens for me when i watch a bad movie is i start questioning myself and my mortality and right like, what does it mean to be an artist <laughs> like yeah. it's not just about the work neil breen has the capacity of like getting into your under your skin yeah into your psyche yeah yeah making yeah you question why you do the things you do yeah because you see a man make the weirdest decisions you've ever seen in any movie right and you have to question how do both of us share the same <laughs> air and water on the same planet. Right. We're both governed by 24 hours in our day. Yeah. How did he make that? Yeah. Why did his mind choose that? And then you and that makes you question your own choices. Yeah. And then it's, it fucks with your mind when you start questioning yourself as an artist because you're like, I could be Neil Breen. Yeah. Who knows? I know, exactly. And like, we're all like, and then it also makes you question what is good and bad. Like yeah. a movie that gets like all the accolades that's made by A24 yeah. and it gets not four, but five stars. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to go into it being like, this is high art. Well, what is art? Because I was entertained for an hour and a half. Same. 
Same. And what I watched was I I learned I learned something more about through that than I would watch in like you know a reboot of the Ghostbusters. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm. I'm Shout with out you to on the that. Ghostbusters. Love the <laughs> Ghostbusters. Love everyone behind the Ghostbusters. Yeah. No. No. Right. Right. But the thing is, this is the thing. The Ghostbusters has enough love. They don't need our love. We don't need scarcity. Everybody. Right. We can make as many things as possible. Yeah. There's yeah. an audience for everybody. Yeah. Exactly. You I know? mean, it's like there's an audience for snuff. There's an audience <laughs> right. for hardcore porn. Clearly. And there's an audience for Neil Breen. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing you mentioned something and it, you know you weren't like you you were careful to not be like oh i'm not disrespecting the actresses but you were right a lot of the actresses looked like they had seen the stripper pole at some point in their life well right? that's because we're we know the background of this filmmaker neil is uh he lives in las vegas uh-huh. he had a whole career prior to becoming a filmmaker if he's 62 now and he started making movies in 2005 then do the math that's what is that? That's, uh, that's, I can't do the math. That's I'm his, so shit his late forties. Right. He's late forties. He's been an architect for 20 years. That's, he's, you know that of him? I he, know that. I don't know if it's been 20, but he was a career architect, uh, living and working in Vegas, decided to pivot, finance his own passion project. We know uh-huh. all about passion projects. Yeah. He made his own movie, uh, with his own money and, uh, he's found an audience. I mean, that's cinema. Neil, Neil is like, a cult sensation. Yeah. Like he has an audience. Of, yeah. Of fans. And I'm just so giddy because it feels like, look, when fucking, whatever, I'll say it. Like when James Franco makes a movie about the room, it's not cool anymore. Yeah. It's not fun. I, it's, don't, I don't know if Tom, I wonder, yeah, if Tommy knew that. Like, and no, no disrespect to like Seth Rogen and stuff. I just want to say that, like, yeah. I, you know, just no, just no. The, you I know, mean, like, hey, everyone's got to make money. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's the number one best-selling book. I think it got, was on the best-selling list. Right, right. It was right. in the zeitgeist. It made sense that a movie would come out of that. That's what Hollywood does. They right, just, exactly. They just capitalize on whatever's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's just know? not gonna be that little yeah, fun I mean, thing that Rick and I talked about in yeah. the corner of a and set. That, you know, I'm okay with that with the room because like the room, you know, had done a run for longer than ten. 10 years yeah. had been a cult kind of film it you know i i want to live in a world where seth rogan and james franco make a rendition of that and like seth Fra- or seth franco right, seth right. franco plays uh, james rogan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> yeah, yeah no I, I feel you on that yeah, 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 like, yeah i feel you because i feel like you know yeah they're i don't know they're approaching it in different ways but if some funny thing about the disaster artist is that tommy Wiseau uh in the contract to make the film required that he have screen time with James Franco. So throughout the whole movie, you're looking for the real Tommy Wiseau. Right. And he never shows up until after the credits. They put him as a bonus scene. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And even. it's it's if it's at the very end of The Disaster Artist. And if you watch the scene, it's uh it's like outside of a fancy restaurant in downtown LA on the porch. And it's Tommy Wiseau confronting James Franco, <laughs> playing Tommy Wiseau. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's no, worth it. I gotta watch. It. I mean, look, I, I know what you mean, right? You no, know, yeah. no, and that's the thing. I like that. I enjoyed that movie. I thought yeah. it was it was funny. I saw it in the movie but it's theater. Dead now. People, right? The, yeah, the movie, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not going to be that cool thing yeah. that people are talking about. This listener, we've brought you the cool thing, the new thing. Yeah. Until it's killed. And um, Channing Tatum plays a Neil Breen in a movie yeah. or something. You know, like this is. It's I don't think Neil will will ascend the way Tommy is. I think Neil is for a real weird group of people. He's more cerebral. Tommy, I felt like was a he's a bit more accessible. Yeah, like yeah. The room was, and the room was like a phenomenon that happened basically. It's like one out of a billion that you know all the elements came together for that film. Neil is so prolific, and he's always doing things like 
the cool thing about Tommy is Tommy has one movie he made. Yeah. He, uh, in the 90s, went to, at the same movie theater that The Room became a cult sensation. It was called The Lemley Sunset. It was on Sunset Boulevard. He went to go see the talented Mr. Ripley with his uh, best friend, Greg, who plays Mark in The Room. Yeah. And Greg Sestero is the one that wrote the book, uh, The Disaster Artist. Whom you introduced me to, thank you. Yeah, I, read, that's <laughs> yeah, how I yeah. remember that. Um, but Greg, uh, they went to go watch the movie, and uh, Tommy was like blown away after he watched that film. He yeah. left and like lost his mind, and he's like, "I got to be a filmmaker." And he made one movie, and that's it. <laughs> he cannot make another movie. Yeah, like that. He's got a. Maybe he can. He could probably make another movie. Right, Tommy, I, make another movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, this. do you remember? I mean, we might, we, I, we'll say that. I'll say this. I know we said we weren't going to get into a room thing, but this it doesn't even have to do with the room. It all relates back to. The yeah, room, it right? all goes back to the room. Without Tommy, the room, you wouldn't have a Neil Breen. Right. Even though Neil made his first movie in 2005 and Tommy made his movie in 2003. Oh, interesting. So they were kind of like, I think that whatever Neil Breen is and whatever Tommy Wiseau is, they yeah. share the same DNA. They right. crashed into the Earth's ocean, like, you know, yeah, late yeah. 90s where yeah. they lived and mutated and split. Yeah. And they're the same alien being trying to figure out humanity through their right. art. They're essentially Marvel characters that show their asses and stuff, you yeah. know, like... I have to... I'm sorry, Neil. And <laughs> right, 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 right. right. <laughs> I have to say, um, we had the experience once of someone, I won't say who, slipped you a DVD of The Neighbors. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we watched it. Yeah. But it was the opposite of watching The Room. It was like watching a, a snuff video. It was weird. Yeah, Tommy made uh, a TV show pilot a few years after... The room. I feel like I'm Tommy's spokesperson. <laughs> like this is a White House yeah, yeah. press briefing. Yeah. Uh, so Tommy uh, made this thing called The Neighbors, which was his interpretation of Friends. To me, that's what oh, the right. Neighbors was. <laughs> but without... Oh, it was a mess. Yeah, we were... Huh. It was weird because Tommy got this idea. I feel like this is my the way I'm observing it. Because the response to this dramatic film that he wrote and directed and started and called The Room got such a comedic response, yeah. I think he briefly believed that he was a comedic guy. So he wrote a comedy script for a TV pilot because that's where comedies live. Yeah. And what you got was just something that was the opposite of that. Almost like what The Room, what he was after with The Room in a way. Like right. It, went, it became dramatic. You right, watched right. it and you were like upset. You know, right. whereas the room you watch someone trying to be upsetting and dramatic and you laugh. <laughs> right. So it's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. How it's like this weird polar opposite charge that he's able to. It would create. be like horrible if you tried to make a porno because God knows what it would, oh. you know. It would I be bet like. he has. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can I, I mean, no, let's, let's move past Tommy. Yeah. This isn't about Tommy. Yeah. He's had enough. Shout time out Tommy. The, shout out Tommy, but he's he's had enough yeah, time. Yeah, you're spot. done. Okay. You, yeah, yeah, you're done with us. Wild Seven has had enough of you. Yeah. But Neil Breen. Neil Breen. So, at the screening, what yeah. was his demeanor? Because you said just quickly, you you said that Tommy would usually just bolt when the screenings start because everybody's laughing at him and he's sensitive. Yes, Tommy Wiseau. I know a lot about this guy. We were um, we still are friends on a cosmic level, but we were closer years ago. Yeah. And uh, I would go to a lot of his screenings, mainly because he wanted me to bring a friend on to shoot the behind the scenes. But right. Tommy would always present the movie, absorb the energy of the people, do a Q&A before the screening, 
And then right when the movie started, he would get the fuck out of there. Yeah. He would get out of there before the first laugh started happening because I really feel like it hurt his soul. Yeah. I feel like he couldn't take those laughs. <laughs> Neil Breen, on the other hand, I didn't even know he was going to do a Q&A. He was in the audience the entire time. I remember we were sitting towards <laughs> the back. The guy gets up from the middle row, and he's sitting towards the front, and he yeah. walks down the aisle, and people were like, because they announced him. And everyone was surprised. <laughs> and he, uh, I mean, the crowd loved him. It was the best possible crowd you could ask for. I oh, mean, yeah. everyone was so, they were like us. Like, yeah. we love movies. Like, yeah. there's no good and bad. There's like, I think bad is, there is bad. But Neil is not one of them. Right, and right, Tommy's right. not one of them either. Yeah, 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 If you got love and earnestness, then you're, uh, yeah. you're going to make something great. And yeah. like, but yeah, his demeanor was, um, I think people, myself included, thought maybe it was a bit of an act. But he just came across like his character in the movie. I mean, it, that's him in a way, like just the way that just softer, like a sweet guy, just a sweet guy. And he, you know, prides himself on paying everyone. Nobody works for free. He's very, uh, he brought that up several times and that always stuck with me. Yeah. Cause I think it was a way for him to say like, you know, he's, he wants, he's a legitimate filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is. Yeah. We're talking, we're having a podcast. Yeah. About the guy. Yeah. I mean, we the were guy, watching yeah. on a big screen. The guy has projector. like, he's made it and that's all you want is, you know, an audience. But yeah, I think he, he softened the, you know, cynical Silver Lake vibe of LA, like, you know, elitist right. filmmakers thinking that they're better, like laughing at this guy when he got up there and he was genuine, you know, it, it, it was part of the experience. Yeah. Like you, uh, you could feel like his passion. He loves movies. Did you did you sense a spiritual nature in him? Because the the movie is very spiritual. The room isn't that yeah. much, but this one was. He just kind of felt like uh, I got like a like a college professor kind of vibe. Oh from yeah, him. yeah. Oh. That's did, what it felt like. Did it, the hair look funny and he real? Looked, yeah? It was the guy. It was, <laughs> it, was <just laughs> like, it was amazing. Did you ask anything? Or I didn't ask any specific question. No. Oh. I did uh, go up and. Tell him how much I loved it. I mean, shook his hand. Good know. for you. Yeah, that's 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 what I would do. Yeah, and I I mean I genuinely it like I said it, the idea of categorizing life into bad and good and hot and cold and all of those things. I mean, yeah. I just I feel like with movies, they're the only bad movie is the movie that you know doesn't get made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean you one know? that just just one that know. just sits in your mind forever and you right. never do it. I think like everything is great and everything tells a story and Neil is doing his thing and he's got i don't know he has an interesting background a lot of people like discover filmmaking at a young age and you go to the film school or do all that shit even tarantino working at a yeah you know video store but neil was like an architect it's weird to go from an architect to a filmmaker i've always found that and because but i love that yeah i i, I he followed his dreams and now he's like we're doing a podcast yeah i mean it's interesting because like you and i are two guys that have known we've wanted to do this since forever right yeah. i mean pretty much and um, I find it interesting, a guy that's like an architect and, and he seems like an all right guy or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I want to make this. Now, the movie itself, there's... I mean, let's be honest here. We like bad movies. <laughs> right, right. we're fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a part <laughs> of like us... you like bad movies, you're a fucked up person. <laughs> right, yeah. You're yeah. broken on the I'm, inside. I'm, I'm a king fucked up and Rick is emperor fucked up. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, 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 dude, I mean, dude, the opening. Damn, emperor. <laughs> yeah, or I'll, yeah. we could switch. I don't yeah. care. Or we'll both be emperors, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but but <laughs> the, the opening where he's with this, like, lost love. Yeah. And it, it starts with these two kids. Yeah. 
And in, could you describe middle, it? Yeah, it's like two kids in the middle of nature. You know, the movie starts in a real cinematic way. It's like a slow push in down a, uh, you know, a hallway of storage units. And it comes to this uh, object. Yeah. And you're, you know, the music's good. So you, you go into it and you're like, yes, this is going to be good. Yeah. You're already getting me. And then there's a moment where you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> the ride has started and I'm on it. Yeah. You know, like the door has been closed on the airplane. Yeah. You're going for the, I mean, yeah, you can shut it off and be a fucking loser. Right. Or you can watch it. Yeah. Okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. See what a man tried to make. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Fucking With his mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's two little kids, a boy and a girl, and they're both super white. And they go to the tree. <laughs> And they find next to the tree a little uh, portobello mushroom that they probably got from Ralph's and stuck it there. And, uh, you know, they look at this mushroom and the mushroom slowly dissolves away into a little jewel box. And there's a piece of string that's not tied around the box. It's just string that's just on the top of the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just puts string and he kind of like plays with the string almost like I wonder if the camera will be able to tell that it's not tied up. Right. There was like something going on in his brain in that moment. I could sense Neil yeah. and he he lifts the lid and they put these magical little rocks right? Into like those, those shiny stones you can buy. Yeah, you anywhere. buy them at Claire's Jewelry right. and yeah. you put them in the box and then they close the box yeah. And then they put what grass on top of it with another there's this whole like they're making a salad basically <laughs> by a tree. And then they, you know, she writes in her notebook, her little notebook saying, uh, today was a magical day yeah. in cursive and gives it to him. Yeah. And then that's it. And that's kind of setting it up. It's it's Neil is with this ex prostitute Russian <laughs> woman who is pill popping his yeah. uh, pain meds. This is like now present day. Yeah. Now. And yeah. he's like, you know, she's w- way too beautiful for his face. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, in every scene, he's kissing her on the lips. Yeah. He basically hired these really beautiful actresses where he just every shot, he's kissing them. He <laughs> yeah. kisses them a little. And it's not like a passionate kiss, it's a creepy kiss. <laughs> it's like. It's like. <laughs> And you're like, you're uncomfortable. After the fifth one, you're going, what, did he just hire these people to kiss them in every every shot? What are you doing, Neil? And then the thing is, the effect of it in the movie is, it feels like he's kissing you. It's like a kind of like... Yeah, because the shots are very close up on the faces. And you're getting like, and they're lit in a way where I feel like I'm looking at two pieces of meat. (laughs) I'm at the butcher. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really disturbing. (laughs) 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 What about the part? The wife is so into pills. He's he he's not into the wife well, totally, well, right? Okay, so yeah. in the beginning of the movie, he's crossing the street with his 1995 BlackBerry phone, yeah, and he bends down because he drops his phone for no reason, and a Rolls Royce—that's a symbol, that's a metaphor. Right. A Rolls Royce hits him in the face. I totally forgot about all that. That's stuff. in the very beginning. <laughs> we don't even know who this guy is, and you're already telling me to get sympathy for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill yeah, him. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I don't know him enough. And then we find out all the stuff that you would normally find out earlier like afterwards like he's a writer yeah it's like you're you're watching it and you're frustrated because you just want to know i think bad cinema should really be uh taught in film school yeah what did you call it you called it um you had a great term for it oh you call it misunderstood cinema (laughs) and i love that because it's there's misunderstood moments and i think it teaches you why you like good cinema you know yeah and once again now i'm going back to what's bad and good 
Yeah. And you know, I mean, it was bad. No, but it's interesting. But it's good. It's an interesting it, conversation. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it teaches you why, like, yeah, you can't have your character get hit by a car within the first 30 seconds and then be in a hospital for five minutes. Right, yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't know this guy. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like... You're trying to latch onto a body, I feel like, when you watch a movie. Right. Like, you're you're a disembodied soul and you're trying to find someone to latch onto. Yeah. And so you can, you can go through the film. I mean, yeah. that's what it is, you know? And with this guy, it feels like you're kind of like Superman flying behind this weirdo yeah but nice man you say yeah. <laughs> you know but still like it's very strange with all the kissing and stuff it's weird i think when you watch a movie like um faithful findings because you know that neil he wrote it he produced it it's his own money you know he's directing it he's starring in it he's making all these decisions not only that we saw in the end credits that he's doing everything he's doing wardrobe right he's doing props he's doing crafty <laughs> he's doing uh you know but then it's, it's his passion project yeah, yeah, yeah but then you see decisions like when he kisses you know every actress that's in this movie <laughs> yeah in every shot you're like this this is weird right, right, right. what are you doing like that what ambulance is, is for neil breen yeah. by the way oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no right yeah, it's like you can't just watch it as its own thing. There's so much weight. And that's when, you know, when people talk about, you know, like Woody Allen. Right. It's like, you know, Woody Allen has got his own fucking weird things going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, the, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. You know what I mean? And then it's like you can't, I can't watch his films. But like his, I don't know. No, I know exactly what but you mean. I don't know what to say right now. No, 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 so no, 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 no. I know, I know yeah. exactly what you mean, and I'll say it. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it. Woody Allen fucked up his own movies by being a total creep yeah. because now when you watch those movies, you cannot help but think yeah. of that. Now, mind you, I will say this. The fact that he fucked up his movies is not the big tragedy. Whatever victims, whatever. I don't even know the situation because honestly, I don't, I'm not, I don't even care about Woody Allen. I think he's a yeah. pussy. Yeah. But you know, like, yeah. um, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I, is that, are we good? Uh, I think we're good. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, so we're good. Confused. No, yeah. right. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, but like it, Roman Polanski. Right, exactly. You know? And dude, uh, by the way, I read that book, it's Chaos what, he Man. Can't, he can't even yeah. come into, whoa, Chaos Man. No, no, no. That book, Chaos, is fucking gnarly. And like, Roman Polanski is a bad, bad, bad man. Yeah. I was yeah no he's not nice. Well, I mean there was that that whole thing with the young girl and that's why there's that. What else? But then okay, you know what? It's in the book. So why the fuck am I even like okay, acting tell us, like? Wait, it? Tell okay, us about the book. There's, Th a, book there's called, a part. There's there's a book called Chaos, yeah. right? And it's about Charles Manson, the CIA, and the sixties. And right. it's a book that's very soberly written. And the guy is not a conspiracy theorist, but it does go into those kind of things, mm. like things that like what the CIA was up to in the sixties and blah, 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 blah. And there's a part in the book where, okay, so the whole Charles Manson thing, you know how was, there was a book written called Helter Skelter. And again, yeah. I don't really care about Charles Manson. I just yeah. thought the CIA aspect was interesting. There was a book called Helter Skelter that was written by the prosecutor, by this guy named Vincent Bugliosi, who's dead now. So who cares, right? right. This guy was a showboat. Like, he just wanted to be famous. He was one of those dudes. And he wrote this book, Helter Skelter, that was bullshit. It was a lot of bullshit. But it's pretty much the accepted narrative of the Manson murders, mm. right? So there's this other guy cut to, like, 1999. There's this guy, this writer, for... And Premier Magazine says, we want you to do a, a story on the anniversary of the Manson Tate murders or mm -hmm. whatever, right? 
he starts doing it and he just goes down this rabbit hole of CIA and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things, the reason I say Roman Polanski is not a nice man is there's an anecdote in the book where when they went to her place after those horrible murders, right? Uh, the police found a th like footage, right? Of a video, not video, but like film or something. Right. I, I don't know what format. A home, a home recording. Home recording of Sharon Tate getting with two dudes, two mm. Polish dudes, and she, she's not into it. They're fucking? They're fucking, and Roman Polanski is filming. Mm. And the cops told the prosecutor, they were like, hey, we found this kind of fucked up video. And then Vincent Bugliosi was like, oh, no, 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 they've, they've gone through too much. Like, Roman has gone through too much, and we don't want to ruin the, the memory of Sharon Tate. The book is called Chaos. It's fucking gnarly. It's gnarly. Yeah. It's so insane. I, it blew my mind. Alex, you know, interdimensional Alex, who does the show, and you met him a couple times. Right. He, he, he's read it. He's yeah. reading it, and he's it's blowing his mind. I'm going to read it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's on Audible, too. Yeah, cool. I got it on Audible for when I sew it, yeah. for the parts that I couldn't read, you know. Like, but, yeah. Do you like Audible? I do. Yeah. I use it for, like, books that... I read normal books, but then when I, like, do sewing or do any activity, like, you know, or exercising right. or whatever... I, I use I have like other books like bastard books that I don't want to sit mm. down and read a hard copy I just want to listen to them. Yeah. That's you know and chaos was a half bastard book. Yeah. It was a full bastard book. There's I'm like, being for real. You take I wonder yeah it's interesting hearing a book compared to reading a book. Right, right. Like how do you absorb the information right. differently? Yeah. Exactly cuz I can't I can't do fiction with Audible. I don't do that. I don't right. use Audible for fiction. I just use it for nonfiction. Yeah, do they do voices with fiction? Right, I don't know. Hey, laddie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it yeah, takes yeah, you yeah. out of it like Or like or like sometimes they'll have somebody that's like really bad like yeah. and you just you're just like like I there was this one book about this one criminal dude, right? Yeah. And I was really interested in it. But then it's read by the author, and the author has one of those NPR voices where he's like really smug and self satisfied He's like, all they, this is, this is, I'm gonna do NPR right now. Yeah. Okay, it's like this. If you go to the corner of San Pedro and, and 7th Street, you might see a familiar market. But don't worry, it's not the same thing. And then they do a soundbite. Dude, Nas, uh, right. that was amazing. <laughs> right, that's NPR. <laughs> to the rest of the right, podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, yeah, you know what? Okay. In 2017, Rick Darge was traveling across the country filming Zendog. It was in 2013. Uh, 2013? Oh, my God. Wow, time fucking flies. Wow. Wowzer. Okay. In 2013. By the way, the last, the last time you did the podcast, there's a, there was a dude that was like huge Zendog fan was like shared it and stuff and was like, yeah. oh, this is great, blah, blah, blah. Some little shithead kid was like, the host is too stoned for this. Hey kid, fuck you. So this is oh, for you, kid. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it in NPR. You like that? You like that? You don't want me stoned? Okay, fine. The rest of the thing, I'm doing it in NPR. Okay. In 2013, Rick, <laughs> Rick Dodge was going across the country. No, it wasn't to travel or see the fancy sights in New York. It was to make a film. Rick, thank you for joining me on my program. Thank you so much, Nas, <laughs> for having me on the program. I Rick, really appreciate it. Rick. Yes. You, you mentioned a lot of films that you enjoy. Yes. Truffaut. Truffaut. Godard. Godard. <laughs> <laughs> 
But what really gets you crazy? What really gets me crazy is just seeing those performances come to life, you know? Oh. When I get out there and the camera is up, everything's powered up, everyone's there for that moment, and just seeing that moment come to life, knowing that I, I am capturing something in time, forever, going onto the hard drive, which will eventually be dumped to another hard drive and cut up and, and projected onto a screen as a memory that we're talking about now. That gets me hard. That is amazing. Now, I'm crossing my fingers here. Tell me your favorite Andy Dick story. Oh, my favorite Andy Dick story. There's so many. My, my, my. My favorite Andy Dick story is when I got to, uh, I got invited to his home. He lived in a little shed behind his ex-wife's house. And uh, we went in and there were a lot of people there. And um, not a lot of people, but there were th three other couples. And I was there with my friend Mark. And there was one guy there feeling a little down. Halfway through the night, Andy pointed to him and he said, this motherfucker is going to jail for oxycodone. And he started laughing because <laughs> the guy got busted for dealing oxy and he was going away for 10 years. Whoa, really? And this was like the goodbye party. And I felt so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, that's for real, huh? Wait, was was he um, sober at that? Was, was he sober at that time? Oh, uh, yeah, he was. He was? Yeah. Have you seen him since or something no i well i saw him at a party randomly um i would say about three years ago oh yeah he was there um yeah we have a mutual friend that directed him in a couple of things uh, and uh i heard yeah. when i like first started like making short films and stuff aaron godford actually said this he said it feels like everybody in la has an andy dick story yeah he's like herpes <laughs> right yeah everyone catches it <laughs> that's if you stay here long enough you're gonna yeah get, you're gonna get andied that's a beautiful <laughs> note to end on, don't you think? I mean, is there any more of, no, of Neil Breen? Yeah, yeah, we covered Neil Breen and Andy Dick is herpes. Yeah. You know, what What more do you want? Wait, let me just see if there's any any fun here that... Uh, <laughs> that was that was Ashley. Oh, can I plug my podcast? Yeah, of course. So there's a podcast I do with a guy named Chris Candy. It's called Bumper to Bumper Podcast. Yes. And it's the number two, Bumper to Bumper. We used to be in cars and now we don't do that anymore. Well... I'm happy. I don't know about why we're that. doing it. We both question it each podcast. It's us, but it's fun. It's I mean, us you, trying to decide if we're going to do it or not. You guys have a good chemistry. Yeah, I mean, we Chris fight is, a lot. Chris is a fun chap. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you guys have a good chemistry because Chris is like the straight man to your anti-authority. Yeah, fuck the rebels. Support support the rebels. Support the rebels. That's yeah, right. Fuck the rebels. <laughs> we're the corporations. We're gonna. That's right. You. you know what's funny about this thing? There's like there's like seven pages or whatever or can eight I, can pages. I press a button go ahead come here <laughs> it don't matter if you win by an yes, inch sir. or a mile these are these are all vin diesel that's vin diesel winning's winning that's vin diesel my friend that thing is amazing how many things can you put on the dude that's dangerous that's uh that's dude i'm i'm telling you because Chris and I do a ton of sound effects and shit, but the way we do it, it was we we, we say Q. So we say um, like Q uh, Hawaiian music, and then I put in post. I'll put the Hawaiian music. Oh really? Yeah, dude. Uh, it's cool. Get this this motherfucker. This, this nice. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. I mean, this is if I want to know Vin Diesel's philosophy. What do you do? It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Do you want it? Winning's winning. This is um. This is a, a so inspirational. This is this is Vin Diesel going Neil Breen on a girl. Listen, I'm one of those boys that appreciates a fine body regardless of the make. I was appreciates a fine body. It's like God, Vin, open your mouth when you talk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anywho, wait, is there more fun? I made like. Uh, I was, I oh well, dude, 
listen, we should do a, a, a podcast, right? Like a movie podcast called Movie Douche. Watch. Movie Douche. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome back to Movie Douche. I'm your host, Ben, and this is... Uh, I'm Rod. <laughs> and this is Rod. We're going to get into it right now. I love movie movies. <laughs> That's right. Hey, hey, Rod. Hey, what's uh, up? Where's it going, baby? What's, what, what kind of controversial takes you have on the movie business right now? <laughs> oh, I'm just going to keep quiet and plead the fifth. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to say something. I'm tired of everything being so woke. Mr. Red just Oh and, and another thing, I'm tired of all these uh, kids uh, demanding I be woke. Mr. Red just bombed you. Isn't it amazing, Rick? That's incredible. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. Is yeah. there? Is there? Wait, there's two Mr. Red. Mr. What's this? Mr. One? Red just. Bombed. Okay, that's the same thing. Oh wait, and then one final thing. One final yeah. thing. Okay, because we had a plenty of fun. Okay. When I'm tired of the bullshit, the right. mumbo jumbo. Yeah. No more mumbo jumbo. I love the explosion at the end. <laughs> yeah, I had the intern do yeah. that. I said, I, I will record my voice. You make him skip out like he's glitching out and then add an explosion. And, and It would be fun to mix the sound effects and music on the fly because like Chris and I will be like, cue Forrest Gump music and then I'll bring it in. But it'd be fun to hear it. Right. You know? Well, you know what's crazy? Is there a limit on how long you can put a sound effect or a thing into it? No. And the thing is, you could do it different like types of play styles like you could do it where it pauses in the middle when you press the button you could do it where it just replays the second you press the button again wow. it's it's the most dude it upped our game and it honestly it made the content funner that's awesome the thing is real talk and this is for off the mic but i'll say it right here i mean for you to be able to like react to the sounds in real time it adds a different element to the thing yeah you, you know yeah, what i mean yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's way it fun. makes it feel like radio yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like Phil Hendry or something, yeah. you know? Like, it's like, you know. But anywho, let's see. Okay. Rick, where can the good people find you and stuff? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at my name, which is Rick Darge, D-A-R-G-E. It's Rick. like large, but with a D. Rick Double Dick Darge. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Moonbeam Darge. Uh, yeah, Rick Darge. Uh, or you can go rickdarge.com, or um, you can go over to um, Blue 2 um, Dick Pills, and if you... Go now and forward slash <laughs> my name. You'll get 50 free dick pills uh, that will be coming to you direct uh, for your dick. You need or that. It doesn't have to be for your dick. Though. Or your large clitoris. <laughs> yeah. Nas said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Um, thanks what for about, having me. Yeah, hey, dude. Thanks for dropping by. And thanks for sh blowing my mind with this Neil Breen yeah. fateful findings. A true fateful finding. Check it out. It's amazing. Hey, and uh, where can people find Bumper to Bumper? They can find Bumper to Bumper on the same place they can find your beautiful podcast. Oh, nice. So uh, just type it in. Bumper Sweet. to Bumper with nice. Chris Candy and Rick Darge. What's up, Chris? What's up, Rick's gang? <laughs> What's up? The wild <laughs> gang of Rick, <laughs> you know? Seven. Good old good old Joe, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Different, different gang members Rick Different has. gangs. Yeah. yeah. But anywho. All fun. Very fun stuff. Rick. I, I asked you a question That's like cool You got the music Yeah in. and it's like You can just and you know like To shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah. It's time to shut the fuck yeah, up Yeah yeah It's done No um dude uh, Another thing What was I gonna say This is uh, this is awesome Isn't it pretty cool This makes me wanna Fucking go in there <laughs> With the guns of place Yeah I was explaining to April Cause April said um uh, she didn't. She was like, "Whatever about the Departed." She, yeah. she said it was good, but she didn't like it the way guys like it. Right. And I said, "How April, would she know? Huh? How would she know? Oh, because we're all like, yeah. all, you know, yeah, like yeah. we're like, ah, oh, Departed." Yeah. And I said, "April, let me explain to you masculinity, okay? Guys, we like the guns and go bang, 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 bang." <laughs> <laughs>
I was eating a chili pepper and then I was explaining this to her and then I started going like just cracking like yeah, yeah. we like to go with the games and the bang bang yeah. bang bang that's yeah, yeah. what it is yeah yeah that's, that's so masculinity yeah. we are dumb and it's toxic yeah shoot a movie not a person boom thank you Rick that was great thanks man yeah